dehypnotize humanity from a collective fear and anxiety-induced trance with Jana Bright. This is episode 146 on Alternative Health Tools podcast, where together we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. Hi, welcome to Alternative Health Tools. This is your co-host, Kim Shea, from this side of the pond. Today is Wednesday, July 7th, 2021, and today I get to speak with Jana Bright. She is a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and she is re- helping people rewrite their limiting belief systems, resolve trauma, and become congruent with their soul's desire. And she does this through hypno-coaching, wellness education, self-awareness exercises, and breath work. And she's got a very interesting story about herself and how she's come to be where she is. And I'm looking forward to sharing everything with you, as well as how she can help you out and, and what she knows. She seems to know a lot. So welcome, Jana, to the podcast. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you for having me here. And hi, everyone who's listening right now. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Would you tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are doing what you're doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It's a long story, of course, but I will uh, do my best to make it short and sweet. My uh, practice, what I do today, basically was born out of many years of healing myself and uh, doing all the unpleasant things that were unpleasant at first, now I can only be grateful for all of that time. Uh, healing trauma. Uh, I was born in former Soviet Union, uh, which is now Russia, in very, very <laughs> bad times. Yeah, if we think about Russia and Soviet and the socialist regime, that's, um, that was my childhood, basically. Scarcity. Uh, lots of trauma, people were stressed out, people were angry, lots of fear in the air. So that's, um, that's what I absorbed living in that um, environment. Um, and on top of that, uh, family, dysfunctional family patterns, divorce, abuse, all kinds of things. Um, that, of course, I didn't know that it would affect me in the long term that much. I didn't know back then. I was just a child and then a teenager acting out my anger and uh, all that I stored within my mind and body as trauma. And uh, later, I always had that urge and I always knew that I would be um, living somewhere else because I truly didn't see myself staying there. And now Russia nowadays is such a different country, right? I haven't been there in 11 years, but um, I know that it's different from what it used to be. Yet the mentality wasn't a good fit for me. I craved something more. I craved more experiences, more places, more something greater than um, where I come from. 
So later I uh, managed to just set myself on a sort of a, a journey and move to Thailand and uh, I found a job and started you know, working in travel business and it was fun and it was great. It was so colorful compared to gray environment where I, I came from, uh, <laughs> Russia and winter and uh, it's not many months when we had green outside and now I'm in tropical climate enjoying myself and beautiful life. Yet, um, no matter how many places and I lived in total in five different countries so far, um, no matter where I would find myself in, in what beautiful place I would move to, um, I would still have that in, something inside of me that would be so unsettled, so sad, so depressed, and this abandonment, uh, fear of abandonment, or this heaviness of abandonment would be sort of like, I would be dragging it with me. Uh, you can't really run away from yourself, right? Uh, anywhere you go, no matter how beautiful that place will be, you are you. Or at least, good point. at least you are you until you realize that it's not really who you are. And the real you is hiding and sort of sleeping underneath all of the layers of fear and trauma and all kinds of things and, and experiences that um, you've been through in this lifetime, as well as the layers of trauma and experiences from other lifetimes. It's also something that I do, past life regression, um, learned from that point and perspective and uh, the heaviness of karma as well. Karma, individual or ancestral or intergenerational if you uh, may say so. Um, so yeah, uh, I am very grateful for my journey and uh, I'm very happy and content with my life right now here in California. And uh, again, no matter where I found myself, I felt this heaviness, heaviness and sort of trying to force myself to be someone who I am not trying to fit in and trying to be so joyful and happy and uh, enjoy the experiences. But at the end of the day, I would come home and I would feel empty. I would feel that something was missing, fundamentally missing. Um, no relationship could fill that void. No, um, no material things, no income, no money, a level of uh, income. And then slowly I began to um, to kind of lose it, you know, lose it in, in a way that I would um, overreact to situations. I would go into a panic attack. I would suffer from anxiety um, or I would suffer from freeze as well, you know, fight, flight and freeze, right? I would freeze in front of things that would give me the most growth. Right now we are talking on this podcast and um, I don't know, 10 years ago, it wouldn't be possible for me to just talk like this uh, and sharing about myself, sharing a story uh, without freezing, without being completely speechless or uh, not even wanting to do this. 
because of um, because of that fear, that fundamental unconscious fear that was uh, there. Um, yeah, so all of those obstacles that showed up in life later as I was trying to, uh, you know, to create my own space and my own life and my own little world. And when we take on a little more um, out of our comfort zone, that's when life starts to show us where we need to look, right? Um, if it was um, public speaking or if it was um, a desire to deepen a relationship, a love relationship, but there was a conflict and I didn't know how to deal with conflict, I didn't know how to uh, create deeper, lasting relationship with someone I loved and uh, I would sabotage success on personal and professional level, right? And I would just start being so angry with myself and uh, literally hating myself for all of that. and. I wow. knew that um, consciously, of course, consciously, I knew that I am capable of so much more and I do have the desire for that. And I do know that there is potential that I haven't tapped into. Yet something much heavier, much deeper was pulling me back every time I would take one step forward, five steps backwards, right? Um, and out of that sort of an internal fight, internal battle, um, I started looking. I started uh, searching uh, why, what's going on with me. And of course, uh, you know, we didn't come um, about overnight. It was a journey, many years of healing. A lot of times there was a lot of confusion as well uh, because when we start looking and uh, we realize that okay so something is happening that I can't deal with this by myself I need help so we begin to reach out for help and at first um, uh, there are so many options right there are so many options and I've been a, a quite a spiritual person since the beginning, since I was a child, but in my own way, not in a, you know, religion or praying to some beings or something external, but I knew that there is something greater than me and I was connected to it. Uh, mostly to nature, by the way, uh, since I was a child I would find myself playing in nature and just exploring the patterns of nature, of the leaves, and uh, connecting and understanding that. Um, of course, to a degree, um, as a child, but intuitively connecting to that without using the analytical, rational mind. And uh, so I think naturally I was drawn to, to that type of, um, perhaps, understanding of myself. And I just found people that were um, promoting, you know, spirituality in the, 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 what do you call it, the new age spirituality, right? Which I found uh, very, very confusing. <sighs> but I have spent time with it. And uh, unfortunately, my experience wasn't good. I don't know. I cannot speak for everyone. But in my opinion, that there is a lot of uh, negativity and darkness in that um, way of uh, pr pr promotion of spirituality, so to speak. Um, 
Anyways, after that confusion, after that period of confusion, being with uh, New Age spirituality and uh, seeking and searching light without, um, without exploring your own darkness, didn't really bring much, uh, much of a positive outcome into my life. And, uh, and uh, so I pulled away from that and uh, I dove into uh, myself. Um, I realized, okay, there's, there is also a dark part of me, right? Um, I don't want to say evil, <laughs> it's not necessarily the case, but a negative, a dark part, right? The, the fears, the desires that are not, um, not always the best desires. Uh, mm-hmm. But we all do have them. We are all combined of both, the darkness and the light. So um, by, by rejecting or um, running away from that darkness um, is basically uh, we are uh, running away from wholeness more and more. Ch- by chasing light, we, uh, we refuse to see another 50% of who we are, right? So um, I started exploring that and ex- I started exploring my shadow traits, my negative character traits, my, uh, my negativity, my thoughts uh, that were also driving and creating, co-creating my reality um, and the resistance in me, the resistance to everything that wasn't, so to speak, light so to speak, very, very positive. Um, And life, usually, you know, when we begin to resist something, unconscious mind or subconscious mind, by the way, fascinates me on a daily basis, um, brings to our attention the situations, the people and their specific behaviors that scream into our face for attention. Someone who irritates us the most is teaching us the most valuable lesson in life. But to understand how we can look and see the connection within ourselves, within our own trait, character trait, let's say, our fear or desire or trauma, um, uh, and find that correlation to this person's behavior that is constantly annoying us and just uh, irritating the hell out of us is um, it is a it, it takes some time it, it takes some skill to begin to realize that it's not so straightforward let's say if this person is angry and they constantly uh, you know getting angry at you it doesn't mean that you are an angry person it only means that you need to understand and decode that um, that behavior towards you and see it as an opportunity for growth within yourself, right? Um, it is a process, so we're not, not going to go into it right now. Um, it's just not uh, the right time. However, when we begin to see those things, to see uh, uh, negativity and sort of flip it, to our uh, benefit, that's when uh, truly uh, becoming whole um, starts taking place. 
um, well, at least I can only speak for myself, of course. Um, yes, so uh, what was the question now? <laughs> you were story. telling me about yourself, yes, but telling, I mean, that's, telling... that's, those perspectives are really interesting. I have a lot of respect for yes. this. Thank you. And uh, so, yes, um, I began just exploring myself in that other 50% that I've been uh, neglecting and rejecting for so long. And uh, it's easy to, to, uh, to think love and light, right? To chase mm -hmm. love and light. It's so easy. But is it productive? Is it productive? Is it is it um, deep enough? Right. It is easy to escape to bypass the the fundamentals, the the core of uh, of your today's issues and challenges uh, by chasing the love and light. Right. Uh, but is it going to work? As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't. As far as I'm concerned, and from from my practice, from experience, my personal experience, and actually working with other people as well. So yes, uh, now, um, how did I come to uh, to become a hypnotherapist? Is that I became fascinated with this uh, with this notion of uh, something deeper, the deeper mind, the 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 ocean, the iceberg, right? The 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 bottom of the iceberg that drives, literally drives our lives on autopilot unless we want to interfere with that, with that uh, trajectory and that life blueprint that was already formed in the first few years of our life. It is the most fascinating thing when I explain to my clients when they first come to, um, to the office and I explain to them that um, your your uh, basically your life blueprint everything that you are today fundamentally was formed in the first few years of your life and i explained to them on a visual um little uh little image that i um draw for them and i explained the connection between conscious and the subconscious so yes i uh, became fascinated by it and uh, all healing basically happens uh, at the unconscious level, right, uh, in a different brainwave state. Right now we are talking, we are focused on each other, we are present in the moment, we are functioning at a beta brainwave state, fully alert and awake. Then um, if we are more relaxed and begin to close our eyes and uh, just go within ourselves or about to fall asleep, we are transitioning into an alpha brainwave state. Uh, more relaxed and uh, beginning, sort of like the beginning of opening of the subconscious mind. It's not always available to us. It's not always available to us. But uh, with practice and with an altered state of mind, we can begin to sort of grasp the notion of the subconscious and begin to talk to the subconscious, begin to rewire those things, those stories that, um, that it recorded not just in this lifetime, but uh, it um, the subconscious doesn't have a, um, an understanding of the past, present, and future. Everything happens at the same time for the subconscious mind. So it is important, for example, I don't know, um, if little Sarah was uh, 
was crying when she was five because uh, she didn't get a bicycle that she wanted in the store, right? Uh, the subconscious mind is still running that story, still running that program in uh, Sarah's mind, uh, but today she's, let's say, 35 and she wants uh, something else in her life. But that belief, that fear and disappointment and belief was already formed when she was five, right? Same. And okay. does it make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and as we grow, those beliefs and fears become sort of like a snowball. They, they become bigger and bigger, and uh, they manifest themselves in a, in a different, um, you know, in a different way in life, right? Um, there are many examples, but um, they do whatever happened to us. At the time, we're not, we don't even remember what happened, right? Who remembers themselves fully at the age of two, three, or four? No one. <laughs> well, unless it's just such an isolated image or uh, feeling, right, uh, in memory. But uh, normally people don't have that immediate memory of themselves. Yet those things, exactly those things that formed who we are today and what we can and what we cannot do, what we believe and what we don't believe about ourselves and about this world and our abilities. So yes, I uh, became fascinated with this um, understanding of the subconscious mind, if you may say so, understanding, because it's so big, it's so vast and so powerful, so infinite, that I don't think a lifetime is enough to, <laughs> to really understand that. However, um, we can uh, begin to befriend the unconscious and and make it a best friend that actually works with us, not against us, based on the outdated programming and conditioning. Yeah, uh, it is possible. To understand fully, probably not, because it's, uh, it's so complex, it's so complex. But for the sake of this life, for, for the sake of fulfillment, being human in our family, love, relationship, um, professional relationships, we can access the resources that the subconscious mind holds. And they're protected, right? They're protected. That's why through hypnosis, and again, there is no one way to skin a cat, but um, because I'm a hypnotherapist, I use hypnosis or hypnotic state to access those resources and to to bring about that potential in uh, in someone. Uh, of course, first I had to do that for myself. I believe in uh, in in uh, walking your talk, right? Not just learning a skill and then applying it to other people. But um, again, like I said, my story is that uh, I've gone through so many things in terms of modalities, healing modalities, and uh, um, somehow uh, I chose hypnotherapy as a, um, as a profession because it finally brought together um, that rational understanding, that thinking mind, and something within that knows, something intuitive, something, um, something that we can't really grasp but it's just there, this vast, infinite ocean of uh, 
of knowledge, of wisdom. And it brought a lot of clarity as well. Like I said, um, many spiritual um, beliefs, uh, teachings brought more confusion into my life. I would sort of, I would begin to lose myself in that instead of uh, becoming more clear. And uh, through hypnotherapy, through connecting with myself first, not with some other being outside of myself, I began to uh, see myself and things and the life with more clarity. Okay. That's, that's interesting how you came through that whole journey. You, you refer on your website to the fact that you were a born an indigo child. Can you yes. explain that term? Yes, um, as much as I can. Um, again, I was born, um, I was a very weird child. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I was uh, mostly kind of isolating myself because I could just sense people so much around me. I could tell my mom, I would tell my mom always, you know, I don't like this friend of yours. Like, I don't want to go to their house. Um, and she would, of course, dismiss it because, oh, you know what, who takes, who takes this seriously? Just, just a kid doesn't want to do things, right? Um, but then, uh, sure enough, after a few years or even months, uh, that person would hurt my mom in some way or do some mean things. Right. So, and um, the more I found that uh, from people, I would literally sort of like scan them, scan them. They would walk into our house for the first time and I would already feel their energy, feel what they're afraid of, feel what they feel, right? Uh, whether it was physical pain or something going on with their mind. And I would start, um, and again, I was very reserved. I was very shy and I was kind of isolating mostly because of that, because of all these feelings that I didn't want to take on. Um, being in the room full of people, I would sense all of them and I would start feeling that in my body. I would start tensing up and uh, feeling uncomfortable. So I found myself being uh, and feeling better by myself than around other people. Now, um, I could just like I told you before, um, sit in nature for hours and uh, look into the patterns of nature and sort of trying to, uh, I think, you know, I, I, I like to say that children are closer to God and uh, they still have the memory from beyond, beyond the physical realm. Um, and then, of course, as they grow, they go through an indoctrination and uh, uh, the conditioning and all of that, and the memory fades away. But in the beginning, we still, some of us, still remember that um, connection. So I remember uh, sitting, I was, it, that was in my, uh, I would go every summer, I would go to my grandma's uh, around Siberia region um, and I would be sitting out there in the field of flowers and grass and things and I would be looking at the sky and the clouds and I'd be asking something I don't even know what I was asking uh, I didn't know 
the word God, or I didn't know anything about that back then. I was just a child. But I would be asking, um, why am I here again? Sort of in my mm. child fashion, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, why am I here again? And this, this uh, uh, th that question I've been having for many, many years, decades now. Um, mm. uh, not that I haven't found the answer. I have, but it was driving me for many, many years. Yeah. And now I've made peace with that answer, mm. finally. And uh, definitely it's much more peaceful to live that way when, you're, when you are uh, content with that answer. Because I know many people begin to ask themselves that question, who am I and why yeah. am I here? Right? And, uh, it's so unsettling when you don't understand. I've been through uh, many years of that. But uh, Indigo Child, I think Indigo Child, again, uh, in those years in, uh, uh, when I was born, uh, there was a huge wave of us coming to Earth. And there are many um, types of children that come to Earth at um, sort of like in, in, <laughs> in, in uh, again, in waves, yeah. Uh, that was the wave of indigo children, sort of trailblazers for uh, children that are more advanced now on Earth. There are rainbow children, there are crystal children, there are multiple different hybrid children as well um, that bring, um, it's basically a code and the DNA, a crist crystalline code that they bring with themselves. Um, I believe for me um, how this aspect of being an indigo ch child, uh, which I found out of course years later, I didn't, I didn't know okay. uh, from the beginning, uh, I just knew that I was a little <laughs> weird, <laughs> that's all I knew. Uh, but uh, uh, for me what it meant is that hypersensitivity hypersensitivity to, to everything and everyone around and sort of being kind of in constant sort of a meditative state. Well, all children up until 11, 12 years old, they live in an alpha brainwave state for the most part, which is a light hypnotic mm. or meditative state. Uh, but uh, even more so, I would f find myself uh, being sort of like kind of uh, floating in the moment, if that makes sense. So while um, most other children at the playground would be playing and yeah, and screaming and uh, running around, jumping, I would be just staring at something and thinking something completely different. Yeah, or looking at the tree and looking so deeply into the, you know, into the trunk of the tree or the leaves or the way they moved. I mean, while all other children have been so engaged in, in yeah. the game, right, around. Uh, so, yes, uh, to answer your question about indigo, I think probably every indigo child is unique uh, in their own way, uh, depending on their soul blueprint and on their experiences on the maturity of the soul um, the DNA the an ancestral history and their personal history all those aspects play a huge role uh, but for me it manifested as being 
uh, extra sensitive and uh, to a point that I didn't want to see uh, being around people a lot of most of the time. Yeah, if that uh, yeah. answers your question. Well, that's interesting. Okay. It's interesting too that you had a sense that you'd been here before when you were so little. That's really yes. interesting. Yeah. From the beginning. Well, yes. so you do do past life regression therapy, which I'm presuming you've tried yourself since you said you like to walk the talk. So what is the value yeah. of that? I've done it before and it's just a wonderful experience, but um, I, what what is the value of it for people, for your clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. So past life regression, like I like to say that it's not a cure. Yeah. Uh, nothing really is a cure. It's rather a, a building block in a healing process. Um, the value of a past life regression is how I see it and what I see from the experience of countless people that come to the sessions is that greater realization, understanding. Again, now let me speak to your question in terms of the earthly incarnations, because we, uh, we have been multiple things and beings beyond earthly plane. Yeah, uh, but let me, uh, so that it makes sense to everyone um, who's listening, um, can relate to it. Um, now, the heaviest and the darkest sort of um, part in the subconscious memory um, over, of any lifetime is regret. Is those things uh, that we think on our deathbed or in that moment when a human life ends. And it goes so quickly, sort of like a like a movie in front of you. It's like, oh God, I've lived this, this, this. I've done that, and then I haven't done what I could have. And that last thought, uh, when a person transitions, and I hear and, and I experience it in every session, pretty much, um, when a person realizes on the um, at, at the time of death um, that they have regrets. They didn't do the things that they could have done in this life. And those regrets are so heavy that they, uh, the soul and the subconscious mind begins to, uh, begin to drag them with themselves into the next incarnation. Yeah, um, so it can be released, that burden, that heaviness, in a past life regression, uh, fears, let's say, uh, that, or phobias, rather, because fear is something rational, right? Phobia is something that oh, God knows where it came from. Um, those things might have formed in a different lifetime and uh, stored in the subconscious memory. And today, this person is having such a hard time to live in the present and doesn't understand what is going on, right? They've done therapy, they've talked about it, they, they I don't know, um, 
did multiple things, breathing exercises, this, that, yoga, whatever they did, didn't work, right? Because it was formed in, uh, in a completely different lifetime. Now, I'm not saying that it is okay to, um, uh, to escape the present moment and to go into a different lifetime where you might have lived to resolve um, all of your problems. That's not necessarily true. Um, only when you've exhausted all of the resources in terms of healing, in terms of going deeper into yourself, in terms of um, evolution, personal evolution, right, in this lifetime, and there's something still there, sort of like this, this notion of uh, like being incomplete, something that is still in the way of the real you, of becoming the real you, becoming and embodying the real you without fear, without obstacles, without barriers, either to love barriers, right, or to um, expressing yourself creatively and professionally. If that is still there, uh, then it is a good um, it is a good opportunity to explore other lifetimes and to see what they're holding. Now, um, another uh, good value also for uh, past life regression and healing a different lifetime and uh, being a, also in a space between lifetimes, right, um, is uh, quantum healing, right? Quantum healing on the soul level. Uh, that of course manifests in the physical as well. Um, also accessing your higher or deeper, so to speak, knowing your intuition and allowing and giving permission to the thinking monkey mind to shut up for a little bit and just uh, 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 access that part of you just that simply knows, simply knows. Truth doesn't have to be loud. Truth doesn't have to scream at you. It only whispers. But the mind is so loud, right, that we can't really bypass that, that uh, stage of being distracted by it. So in a, a past life regression, it's a very deep and a very long and beautiful session. There's a lot of release that happens there and um, so much wisdom that flows into the person that is experiencing also, a wisdom of uh, realization and wisdom of how they see themselves in the current life. Because a lot of times, uh, whatever the challenge is um, today, the subconscious mind will take the person into a lifetime that was a very similar, similar lifetime to what they're living today. Um, Earth is sort of like a, I, I see it as a school uh, with a specific curriculum. Each person has their own curriculum. Uh, uh, and, for example, if we don't learn uh, the lesson in this lifetime, this curriculum will be transferred into the next, right? And when they saw that, oh, they've already made that mistake in the past, and they're right in the process right now, about to make the same mistake today, that gives them aha moment. Like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? No, no, no. My career is not more important than my relationship. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know why it came to me, but a lot of people realize that. Um, people that dive into their career, dive into 
you know, which is an amazing thing, right? You do need to have something going on for yourself, for your self-expression and things like that. But when your family and your love relationship suffers from it, that's not a good thing. So, or this, um, uh, quite a few people I've had also that said, no, I only want to focus on my career. I don't need a family because it, the relationship brings me um, hurt, pain, and trouble, right? And when they go into a different lifetime, when where they were lonely, alone, and died alone, and that brought, brought such a um, huge understanding and such an emotional also relief uh, when they saw themselves dying by themselves, basically, without being surrounded by the loved ones, by, by at least one person who loved them. Yet they've accomplished everything in their career, right? Uh, but, you know, uh, career doesn't hug you and doesn't nurture you at the, of, at the end of the day. So yes, those things, those um, huge realizations uh, change of perspective. It's all this life, you know, it's all a perspective, literally, a shift in perspective. Yeah, and sometimes that shift takes, uh, you know, sort of like it's quicker, and sometimes it takes longer, sometimes it takes years to shift the perspective, to realize deeply within yourself what's true, what's not true, what's important, what's not, what's priority, and what is secondary. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so healing on a quantum level, on an emotional level, on a mental level, uh, it's just a beautiful yeah. experience. Well, it's, <laughs> it's just it a sounds very profound, experience. and I, it makes sense what you're saying that it could take a long time simply because it took a long time to get this way to you know, many lifetimes or even a long life this exactly. time around yes. to cause a lot of harm. To yes. you, so yeah, absolutely that makes sense. Right. Absolutely, it's interesting. Um, can you address, like, with hypnosis? I know some people are very uncomfortable with it; it scares them. How how people know they're not, you know, for in this country at least, hypnosis is oftentimes uh, people will see people up on a stage being hypnotized and acting like a chicken and doing silly things and feeling like they have lost control and so it frightens them to do hypnosis because they're afraid that they're going to be doing something they don't want to do under your control. Can you address that? Yes, totally. Yeah, this... <laughs> right, the chickens and the, all of those. Um, yes, well, let me start with explaining what hypnosis is and what it is not. Hypnosis is a very, very natural state of mind, first of all. We go in and out of hypnosis every single day, all day long. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever missed an exit mm -hmm. on the freeway? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Environmental hypnosis, right. We are so used to driving a car that we do it unconsciously. We allow and give permission to our unconscious mind to drive the car for us. So we don't have to think about it, right? We don't have to, you know, really be so present. Yeah, of course we are to a degree. But then a part, a big part of the mind um, has an opportunity 
to think about something else and to drift away yeah, from the process of driving. You're thinking about your next podcast when you're driving on the freeway, who you're going mm-hmm. to be interviewing. I'm thinking about uh, my clients or my, my personal life, right? And boom, you missed an exit. Environmental hypnosis. Okay, um, social media. Um, pretty much the majority of people now are at least on one platform um, on social media. A lot of people are addicted unknowingly to social media, right? You go, oh, let me check my Facebook for five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. One hour later, you're yeah. still scrolling, right? Goodness gracious, so many news, you know, we have read all of those <laughs> things that my friends posted. I've seen all of those memes and <laughs> watched all the videos. Everything is great. One hour mm-hmm. later, right? You are in hypnosis and... Uh, what it means when we are in hypnosis, we, um, our mind is open to suggestions, to new suggestions. And what goes into your mind in th- at that time, in those moments, is so, so important. Okay, Just like the time right before you go to bed, 30 minutes within falling asleep, you are in a light state of hypnosis, believe it or not. 30 minutes after waking up, uh, you are in a light state of hypnosis. So I usually what I, what I recommend and suggest to my uh, clients <clears throat> and friends, um, be so careful as if your life depended on this, what goes into your mind right before bed and right after you wake up. Because you are programming yourself, like a Pavlov's mm. dog, right? Yes, yeah. Remember that experiment? Yeah, how he conditioned those dogs um, to salivate at the, you know, at the the when the bell rings and uh, the food arrives, things like that. We are no, not much different. Okay, we condition ourselves on top of what we were conditioned for in the first few years of life. We continue conditioning ourselves every day. TV is your hypnosis. That's your main, major stage hypnosis is TV. TV makes you feel, act, and behave, and um, desire things that they want you to. Right? Uh, It is a massive mind control. It is a massive collective Mm. hypnosis. Everyone is collectively hypnotized by um, TV. Those mm-hmm. who watch TV, right? Those who don't, thank you. Right? Uh, so, hypnosis is a very natural state, it's a heightened state of awareness, right? When we are relaxed and sort of, okay, let me just in my bed, about to go to sleep, let me check my Facebook, right? Or let me go on Instagram or YouTube and see what's going on so that I can, you know, slowly transition into a sleeping mode, right? Be so careful, extremely careful what goes into your mind at that time because that becomes your new Mm. reality, your new identity. And slowly, uh, day after day after day after day, you've been conditioned, right, Um, to something different, to believe something different, to think something different. Yeah, um, now, uh, stage hypnosis, what, is, um, what it is, um, first of all, it is entertainment, right? It is a show. 
I have uh, friends from my uh, <clears throat> hypnotherapy school that um, do stage hypnosis and do hypnotherapy as well. So stage hypnosis is mostly they do for a show, right? Entertainment for fun and uh, it's kind of cool and, and uh, you know, uh, kind of magical, right? To see people dropping dead on the stage or something or dancing yeah. or <laughs> whatever they <laughs> have them do. It. Um, in hypnotherapy, um, the key word is therapy. Right, um, hip hypnosis, uh, hypnotic state in hypnotherapy is very relaxing. It's very pleasant. Usually, people don't want to get out of it because it feels good. Uh, because they're like, oh, finally, I get to just let go, relax, and you're telling me all of these beautiful, you know, form these beautiful images within my mind, and it's just so good. And then, boom, I just change somehow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, the subconscious mind um, understands in images and symbols. That's the language of the subconscious. And the more of the symbolic language and um, imagery we can feed to the subconscious mind, the more effective um, the therapy is, hypnotherapy is. Um, so you're not stuck in hypnosis. You cannot be. Right, uh, you're fully in control. In fact, people don't come to hypnotherapy to lose control. They come to hyp hypnosis and hypnotherapy to gain more control over their lives, over their habits, or uh, release fears, whatever it is, right, um, that they would like to achieve um, through therapy. Um, they gain more control over that. Like um, I like to say, also, uh, you know, we are not in control of. Um, anything pretty much in this life. The only control that we can attempt to achieve is the control over our thoughts. It is, that is the hardest thing that we can do because thoughts are being controlled by the belief systems that we formed a long time ago and that are sealed in in the subconscious memory. So when we begin to rewire the belief systems only then we can begin to change our thought process. Because thought is by itself is not original. It's, uh, it's very secondary. Okay? It's secondary. Thoughts um, can only be changed um, when the belief, the deeper belief, the deeper knowing in the subconscious memory has been changed. That's when we can begin to rewire our thinking. Yeah, that's what is missing in the, um, what is that book? Uh, yes. The Secret? The Secret. Um, mm -hmm. Secret, I think, yeah. Right, I think they were saying like how you change your thoughts and you change your life. It is true, but they missed a very big part of it is that <clears throat> you can't change your thoughts by, itself, by themselves uh, because they're not original. The beliefs were uh, original and they are sort of um, controlling the thoughts, right? So that's the only control we can possibly attempt to achieve in life, right? Everything else is really, um, it's a manifestation of the internal state that we are in. And of course, karmically, right? Karmically, what we came here to learn, what we came here to overcome, did you come here um, to 
just do the um, you know uh, do this journey for yourself or you came here to do the journey for your entire lineage ancestors yeah in those cases it is much harder to uh, you know to 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 heal it's much harder to release because the the burden is much heavier responsibility is much heavier yeah so hypnosis is uh, for me it's sort of a um, first of all it's a tool of course but second it's uh, such a pleasant state it's such a pleasant state it's uh, it's similar to meditation mm -hmm. do you yes. meditate yourself yeah you do so does it yes, feel it does. good to meditate yeah and yeah, hypnosis right. feels good it's too relaxing, yeah. right yeah, I, I do have had it done, well. you know, with somebody guiding me into it, and it's a very, it is a very pleasant, as you described it, where you just feel this release of everything, your stress, everything goes yeah. away, and you're just able to focus on what you're there to to learn or to explore. It's a lovely place right. of being. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a lovely place. Yeah, and uh, it is. I believe it is important to, um, if someone has never done hypnosis or meditation, to understand that, right? You cannot possibly be stuck in hypnosis. You are in full control of the session. You can open your eyes. You can, you know, you can scratch your head. You can move your arms. You can uh, do whatever you want, right? You can open your eyes and say, "Yeah, yeah I need to use the bathroom now," <laughs> and you're free to do that. You're not stuck. You you can still move. Yet, um, while you are in that altered state of mind, you have an opportunity to access a deeper uh, mind, right? A, a deeper part of the mind that has the answers, that can change, uh, that, uh, that is possible to um, sort of become friends with. Before, maybe it didn't know that you want different things in life, right? But it was just running this autopilot program for you. And now you stepped in and you're like, hey, hello. I, I would like something better for myself. I think I deserve better, right? But you keep giving me this, uh, this crappy things in life, right? So um, I do believe that um, it is an effective tool. And I see that. Um, of course, change, a lasting change needs to happen in the subconscious and needs to be maintained also consciously. The more of the subconscious and unconscious we uh, begin to explore within ourselves, the more we make it conscious and the more um, full and whole we become, right, with that knowledge of ourselves, just sort of bringing it from within and uh, into the um, outer wake life, right? So that we can utilize all of our resources, not just the surface of it, right? The subconscious is over 90% of the total mind power. That's what the subconscious is, right? Some, in some, uh, <clears throat> in some uh, books maybe, or articles you will hear even 99%. Uh, I like to give a little bit more hope and say that it's 90%. Um, of course, there is no correct way to measure yeah. that. <laughs> something that is completely uh, sort of something that we can't really grasp, right? Uh, and the conscious mind, the monkey mind, that is ch -ch 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 -ch, 
right? the chatter um, analytical, uh, logical. So uh, you know, uh, even the willpower is driven by the conscious mind, not the subconscious. That's why the New Year's resolutions never really work. <laughs> not more than for a week or so. People start running on the streets and like, yeah, I'm going to get into the best shape of my life and I'm going to be the healthiest version of myself this year. This is it. Uh, two weeks later, boom, back to normal. Because the subconscious was not engaged in the process. Only the willpower, the conscious mind, the analytical and logical rational mind was engaged, yeah? Which is uh, not an equal battle. It's not an equal battle. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. So tell me about your practice, Jana, and um, you know, where do people need to see you in person? Um, can they work with you virtually in any way? But tell us how people can, can uh, get the soul congruency through you, how they can be connected to you. Yeah, sure. Well, my practice, <clears throat> the physical office is, <clears throat> excuse me, located in Encinitas in Southern California, where I am right now uh, in my office. And um, I do see people from all states and multiple countries virtually as well. My personal preference uh, is in person, of course, if it's possible. It is always so much more intimate, so much more connected than over uh, a screen and technology. It does work virtually. It does work virtually. I, again, uh, I just feel more connected when I feel the energy in the room, right? However, hypnosis, um, uh, hypnotic state, hypnotherapy happens in the mind, right? The mind is omnipresent, is everywhere. So whether I'm guiding you from the screen or I'm guiding you right next to you in the room, uh, it works equally, pretty much. Now my uh, my website is soulcongruency.com. I offer free consultation uh, to anyone, basically, uh, that wants to learn more about hypnotherapy, hypnosis, myself, or tell me about what they struggle with. And uh, um, I'm happy to, um, happy to take that time and provide guidance. Um, now, I specialize in uh, helping young men and women um, attracting that mate for their soul, <laughs> as you will, and uh, removing all the barriers within themselves that are uh, preventing them from creating a beautiful, lasting, loving, and intimate, deep relationship with someone really special. Not just um, sort of an um, image special, but um, a soul kind of special, you know, uh, a soul connection. Especially these days, right, we are going through a time of such a uh, such a separation, right? separation with technology and with uh, beliefs also. Uh, in the society there is a split right now, um, labeling, categorizing, and um, so I'd like to see beyond that and I'd like to 
um, for everyone to experience that soul connection, very intimate and deep, uh, beautiful relationship. That's uh, what I specialize in. How to uh, remove the barriers, how to attract that person easily and effortlessly in, in, in your life. Uh, I'm not a matchmaker, of course, but um, how to make it so natural for you in your life to just, to just meet that person, uh, to connect with that person, and how to keep that connection alive and, and grow together in um, interpersonal relationship, right? Um, I also help people with anxieties, uh, panic attacks, fears, anything that is holding them back from, uh, from realizing their full potential, whether it's uh, their personal life or professional life. Relationships, anxiety, depression, fears, phobias, all of those things, um, definitely. Wow, that's nice. So... Um, I'd like to thank you for coming on today. I learned so much from you, and um, you've inspired me to remember some things that I'd forgotten. So I want to thank you for your time. And for those of you who'd like to contact Jana Bright, again, her website is soulcongruency.com. We will have the link in the show notes so that you can go find it there in case you can't remember at any time. And then you can uh, contact her directly on her website. It's a very nice website and very easy to navigate, and you'll find everything you're looking for if you go there. So thank you, Jana, for your time today. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure speaking to your audience and to you, connecting with you. And uh, yeah, thank you for guiding me in this conversation. Thanks. It was an honor.